This is Rachel. And this is Ryan. And you are listening to Will Write for Wine. Welcome to Will Ride for Wine, a podcast about wine writing and song, but mostly wine and writing, with your hosts, Samantha Graves and Lonnie Diane Rich. Take it away, girls. Thank, Thank you, Wanda. Wanda. Welcome to Will Ride for Wine. This is Lonnie Diane Rich. And this is Samantha Graves. We're here to talk to you about wine and writing. Yes, and the voices you heard introducing the show at the beginning were Ryan and Rachel, Sam's mm-hmm. two kids. Yep. All grown yep. up. All grown up. Ryan sounds like a man. What's up with that? I know. When I call home and he answers the phone, I'm like, who is a strange man in my house? <laughs> so cute. But I mean, I remember, you know, because when I first met him, he was a little boy with the high voice. And now it's yeah. all manly. And there's oh, Ryan, yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's very yeah. Cool. Snow blowing the driveway and everything. Ooh. <laughs> oh, I want one of those. I want one of those. Oh, you will in about, in about eight years. <laughs> about eight years. <laughs> Well, today's episode is on structure. Mm-hmm. And really, since neither one of us is an expert on structure, we're going to dive into our relationship with structure as writers. Right. We're going to talk about um, kind of our approach to structure. And, you know, I'll try to talk specifically as much about structure as I can, but uh, don't make me your primary source of information. Because <laughs> I pretty much neither. guarantee I'm going to screw it up. <laughs> And we'll get to that later on in the program, but first we have wine. Uh-huh. So, Lonnie, what are you drinking tonight? Well, continuing my theme of cheap wines, which mm-hmm. I'm enjoying very much, by the way, I'm Ooh. having a 2006 Yellowtail Chardonnay out of Australia. Mm. 13.5% alcohol, $6.99. <laughs> no, is that for the little bottle or the big bottle? No, that's for the regular size wine ah. bottle. Not for uh-huh. the not for the double bottle, like the big Lindemann's Magnum, Magnum that I buy. <laughs> No, this is just the regular, but still, it's pretty cool. Seven cool. bucks for a bottle of wine is not bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wine notes from winebuyer.com, because Yellowtail, I could not find um, a <sighs> website for these people, even though they're huge. Their wines are everywhere. I have no idea why they have a website. What is up with these people? I don't yeah. know. Anyway, uh, from winebuyer.com, the mm-hmm. wine shows ripe characters of peach and rock melon which are striking hmm. on the nose. This leads into a fresh and floral front palate where there is an upfront sweetness adding to the wine's lengthy oak riches. I, okay, okay, what's a rock melon? I don't know. That was my first thing. Well, and then it says, which striking on the nose, and I could say, <laughs> right. well, these little melons melon, like yeah. coming out of the glass this, and hitting you in the face. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's very in the upfront sweetness. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I will say that it's, um, it's got that oaky kind of feel that I really like. Um, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of people don't like oaky. I like mm. oaky, so you know, take that into account when I'm talking about wines I like. Um, but it is very sweet. It's very fruity. Hmm. Um, it's nice. I just, I like it. I'm enjoying it quite a bit tonight. Good. So I, Good. I would say I give it four and a half glasses. Really? I really like it, especially because huh. it's so cheap. Yeah. It's cheap and yummy. <laughs> I mean, really, what more do I want? You well, know? you know, and, and that's good to know this time of year, especially if you're going to have a party or right. you're gonna, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You can buy the magnum of those. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's the kind of wine that a lot of people will like. Exactly. Exactly. You know? It's a it's a very accessible kind of wine. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Awesome. So all what right. are you drinking? Well, staying with my theme of trying wines for the labels alone, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I chose a 2006 uh, Marceau. Mm-hmm. Pinot Noir from California with Mm -hmm. a pretty yellow sun label. Oh, fun. It was just so pretty. I just Mm -hmm. love the sun, so I grabbed it. Mm -hmm. Now, from the bottle, it says, offering intense flavors of cherry and plum with delicate floral notes and hints of vanilla. Ooh. Sounds nice. Yeah. 13.5% alcohol and Mm -hmm. $7.99 a bottle. Dude. Really? You're coming over to the dark side. (laughs) I love it. It's very nice. Oh, I good. like it a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a good Pinot. It's uh-huh. light. It's Pinot-y. Pinot-y. And, <laughs> <laughs> and 
and I can taste the fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very nice. I like it a lot. I am going to give it a four glasses. Ooh, that so this really is. Good. I'm gonna look yeah. that up because I yeah. I love a good Pinot. I mm. really do. I'm a big fan of Pinot Noir. So mm-hmm. right, and this so this would be another good one for the holidays because I think mm-hmm. you know it's a really good solid Pinot, and a lot of people like a light red wine that's not too too dry. Exactly, exactly. Because yeah. the people that like the drier wines will still like the lighter mm-hmm. you know reds that aren't quite as so you know it's kind of one of the things that'll please everybody. Right. So right. these are party wines tonight. I think so. This is a cheap way to entertain. <laughs> We're actually, you know, doing a service here. So I like uh-huh. that. Mm-hmm. And now that we know what we're drinking, time for shout-outs, shout-offs, and announcements. Oh, 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 I have an announcement. I have okay, an announcement. You, okay, you can go. You, <laughs> you over there with your hand raised. <laughs> Some of you who have been to the site uh, in the last couple of days may have noticed our lovely little banners linking to mywinesdirect.com, and you may be asking yourselves, hmm, have Sam and Lonnie sold out? And the answer is, hell yes, baby! Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, for those of you who have listened to all the shows, you remember in in the beginning, in the early days, my good friend Laura Fitzgerald sent me um, a box of wine from my wines mm. direct and the UPS guy came bringing me a box of wine I had no idea I was it was like the happiest day of my life <laughs> loved it <laughs> so you know that we have always enjoyed my wines direct ever since the beginning and I mean mm-hmm. you know we love that the UPS guy delivers the wine so we've always <laughs> been big fans but we're working on some very cool stuff behind the scenes with the my wines direct people and it starts with those banners so if you're gonna buy mm-hmm. wine from my wines direct do it through us the commissions we get will go straight to our prize fund, which means cooler prizes for you guys. Oh, yeah. And if they get enough orders from Whiffers, we might be able to get some kind of special discount just for our listeners, which Ooh. I'm very excited about. <laughs> so really, check out My Wines Direct. It's unbelievably cool, and we wouldn't sell out unless we really, truly loved it. That's right. Mm-hmm. And My Wines Direct also has gift baskets starting around $45, which make really, oh, really, really nice holiday gifts. Yes, if you have a radio host that you really love a lot <laughs> and you just don't know what to send her, then you could... I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> a nice holiday gift for that person who has everything, right. except for the UPS guy delivering wine. Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, the UPS guy delivering the wine, that in itself is a gift. And then the wine just keeps on giving. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. Well, my shout out goes to the Rural Metro EMT crew who had to carry me down the stairs and out to the ambulance last Sunday when I missed the top step going down to get my coffee. Mm -hmm. And um, broke your ass bone. (laughs) Oh, no, you didn't break it. You didn't break it. I yeah, bruised it. For those it. of you who've been on the forums, you know, I yeah. made a big deal of that Sam's oh, ass. Because <laughs> she calls me from the hospital. She's like, hey, guess what? What? I'm in the hospital. <laughs> oh, my God. What happened? Well, I fell down the stairs. And she's just slowly letting the whole story out about everything that happened. I'm like, are you okay? And she's like, well, oh, you know, yeah. my pass bone. Well, you know, I don't know what happened. I was, I, 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 I got ready I, like I got dressed mm-hmm. and I walked downstairs to get my coffee and my my foot just kind of missed the mm-hmm. top step mm-hmm. and then I just kept going oh you know so I landed on my tailbone and I bounced a little ways down oh, the ow, stairs. Ow, ow. and of course you know it made this huge noise everybody came <laughs> and then my husband says you were like totally out of it he goes you kept saying I'm gonna pass out I'm gonna pass out he goes and then you did oh no <laughs> But you're all better now. Just bruisey, right? Just bruisey. So we don't have to worry about you too much anymore. No, 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 no. Last week, I was like, (laughs) But the EMT crew was so great, and I don't remember their names because I was completely out of it. Well, it's not really a moment where you're like, "Hi, what's your name?" (laughs) Although I'm thinking that Bob is a good bet for some reason. I think I remember the name Bob, but you know that's a good bet anyway. (laughs) One in three people's named Bob anyway. So right. uh, however, they were wonderful and thankfully very strong. Oh, good boys. <laughs> good. And they got you to the hospital and you had your x-ray oh, yeah. and you were just bruised I'm... and not broken. Everything's okay, yep. right? And my brain is still there. They did a CAT scan. Good. It's there. God. It's yeah. still there. Yeah. Everything's so good. Good to know. All yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Well, thank goodness for that. <laughs> Poor Sam. And on that note, let's go ahead and refill. All right. So we can all fall down tonight. <laughs> we'll be back in a minute. <laughs> 
At Will Write for Wine, we take our civic responsibility very seriously. We don't want anyone getting into any trouble just because we made drinking wine look cool. So we'd like to make the following statements. We are cool. We just have to be drinking wine while being cool. It's not the wine that's cool. It's us. And you, of course, because you listen to us and you're obviously in the top 1% of cool. So you should be happy about that. And that's it. That covers it. But the public service announcement is scheduled for a full minute. So... Underage people get a Pepsi. No soup for you. And if you're planning on driving tonight, put the glass down. Not worth it. Also, never pluck your eyebrows when you've been drinking. That's a handy piece of advice. Oh, and if you put a bottle of Chardonnay in the freezer to chill it quickly, set a timer. A loud timer. Trust us, the last thing you want is a bottle of Chardonnay exploding all over your veggies. And if you're over the age of 35, no drinking games. You're going to have to trust us on that one. Okay, that's it. Time's up. Just remember, it's not the wine that's cool. It's you. Welcome back. This is Lonnie Diane Rich. <laughs> you right? This is Samantha Grace. I don't know why I thought I was starting this one. <laughs> I was like, did I say something funny? No. I was only on for a it second. It was me. All right. Okay. No, that's okay. It's mm-hmm. okay to be amused. And this is Will Write for Wine. Woohoo! Yay. <laughs> it's time for this week's listener question, which comes from Pimp My Mixer Pam. See, oh. everybody, see, just it goes better if you got a nickname or some I kind of identifier. So. Doesn't have yeah. to be where you're from. Just yeah. give us an identifier. And her so. avatar is the is the mixer. It's all the pimp. mixer it that's all pimped out. out. <laughs> so cool. I love Pimp My Mixer Pam. <laughs> anyway, Pam writes... On your last movie night, Romancing the Stone, loved it, and the commentary, thanks. Thank you, Pam. Yes. Uh, You referenced the mythic structure of the movie. My question is, can you have a story that starts a few steps into the mythic structure? For example, can you have the ordinary world, the call, and the refusal of the call all take place before page one? Or do you lose something by not showing it, however briefly? Well, honestly, I think that um, can only happen as, as... you could only do that as part of the backstory uh, mm-hmm. if on, and only if your protagonist failed once before and now has to face the same exact situation mm-hmm. because then you have like a history of them going through this mm-hmm. but um but again only if they have already completed the entire structure once right you know mm-hmm. and you're going through that th- same thing again which does happen you know mm-hmm. otherwise i'd have to say stick with the classic structure write it up if you feel later on down the road that you don't need it then perhaps mm-hmm. cut it and make it as part of the backstory mm-hmm. um that said i realized that every one of my books has started with the first steps of the structure mm-hmm. even though i didn't really realize it at the time yeah because <laughs> i pretty much know nothing about structure a lot of people do it's just Mm -hmm. it's an instinctive thing it really is we'll talk about that later yeah (laughs) now that's not to say that the crap can't hit the fan pretty Mm -hmm. darn close after the beginning of page one like on page one Mm -hmm. and the actual first few steps happen very quickly Mm -hmm. i've had that journey happen in less than five pages right Mm -hmm. so it does it's not a big investment so I would say go for it you can always cut it later if you find you don't need it right um my general feeling on structure is that it's set up that way for a reason um that said what's best for a particular story is best for that story I think that the problem if you don't show the ordinary world if you don't start in you know the the place where your character started from mm-hmm. then basically you know if you skip all that stuff you're starting en medias rest which is the latin for in the middle of things mm-hmm. which means that you know you start when when the gunshot goes off or you start when you know and a, a lot of people you've seen a lot of books will open like that and then mm-hmm. what they do is that they go back and explain the ordinary world and the you know the call and the refusal to call all that kind of stuff they explain it in flashbacks mm-hmm. you know which honestly i i feel generally is a weak choice i yeah. think that some people they like to start out with a bang and so they start right in the middle of the action um but if it's if it's not the ordinary world if the action is not something that like if your character is a cop or something and they're always getting shot at and you start with them getting shot at then you're actually in the ordinary world right for them right right you know but i mean if you start past that point I think that there's so many questions that the reader's going to be asking that you're going to end up throwing your reader out of the book Mm -hmm. you know that said um, if you have a really good reason for breaking with structure then go ahead and do it it's certainly not impossible for it to work but it's just that structure has existed like this for so long because it works so if you're going to break from it just be sure you know exactly what you're doing and like Mm -hmm. Sam said write it out 
you can cut it later. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, nothing's in stone. You're That's in. You're right. drafting a story. Try all different angles until you find out what works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I mean, some there's nothing. There's there's a single rule in writing in craft that somebody hasn't broken and broken well. Right. You may be that person. I personally. <laughs> don't think I'm that person. I don't think I'm the one who's going to be breaking these well, rules and doing it well. And I think it's a little confusing too, because we because we always say begin when the trouble begins. Right. But what we're basically saying is begin when the ordinary world changes. Right, and that's you and know, the thing is that you have so to yeah. be in the ordinary world to be at that point where it changes. Exactly, you have to start in the ordinary world in order to see that change mm-hmm. happen. Right, you know, and um, and so I mean, that's there's so many different ways that you can look at that, and that's one of the things about structure is that we use this language like ordinary world and the call and refusal of the call, and. It, it it's just not terribly like there's so many ways that you can apply that right you know to your structure to what the ordinary world is to what the you know and and mm-hmm. so it's 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 just something that you want to wrap your mind around structure before you start living dogmatically to it mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying you really want to have an understanding of it before you start worrying about you know living to the dogma and also you really don't want to get dogmatic about stuff because i think it cuts off your creativity mm-hmm. um but that's a whole other discussion we're gonna mm-hmm. get into that later Okay. Awesome question. Thanks, yeah, Pam. Very good. <laughs> to get your question answered on the show, email us at feedback at willwriteforwine.com. And now for this week's We Recommend segment. Right. This is where we recommend our favorite things, TV shows, movies, websites, music, whatever, and share them <laughs> with you. So what do you have this week, Lonnie? <laughs> this week, I'm recommending a song. All right. <laughs> Baby, it's cold outside. <laughs> Um, not only is this a great song for this time of year, I highly recommend the Ella Fitzgerald, Louis Jordan version, mm-hmm. but there's tons of them out there. I mean, this is hugely, hugely popular song. Uh, but it's a fabulous song, actually, for writers. I mean, it is basically a scene. Mm-hmm. The, the story is the scene, and it's this woman and this man, and they're on a date. And she feels like she should go because it's inappropriate, mm-hmm. you know, for her to be with him. And this is, you know, like 1940s, 1950s or whatever <laughs> when this was when this was written, you know, back in the day where they didn't sleep together on the first thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it starts out with with her saying, you know, I really can't stay. And he's going, but baby, it's cold outside. And he's trying to talk <laughs> her into it. I got to go away. Baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been been hoping that you drop in so very nice. And they're like singing over each other and he is just basically doing anything to get her to stay and she's giving all these are my mother will start to worry like all this stuff (laughs) she's got all these excuses about why she should go and then at the end of every you know verse or whatever i don't know what they call it in music i'm not a music person but at the end of every you know whatever Mm -hmm. um you know she would always give in and she'd be like oh but it's cold outside you know and the two of them would sing it together and he would just basically be completely subverting her everywhere she went and the thing that's great about that song is that um it's it's such a clear um two people with two different goals and how they work towards those goals and they're completely true to those goals throughout the entire song Mm -hmm. so if you listen to that song it is a great example of how to write a very tight scene where you've got one character with one goal and one character with another goal. And if those goals are mutually exclusive, because mm-hmm. his goal is to get her to stay and her goal is to leave. Mm-hmm. So if she leaves, he loses. And if she stays, then she loses mm-hmm. her virginity, probably. <laughs> sound, from the way the, sound, the song sounds, sounds like that's where they're going. Baby, it's cool. That's, uh, and he's so like... <laughs> He just doesn't even care. She has all these objections, and he's just like, I don't even care. Let me pour you another drink. I'm gonna... <laughs> I mean, it's just a really fun, fun song. And it's great for this time of year. It's great for your holiday parties. It goes great with the wine that we mm-hmm. recommended. And um, also, it's a wonderful song to listen to when you're not sure what to do with your scene. You listen mm. to it, and you think, okay, two people, opposite goals, very simple. There's mm-hmm. no complicated backstory here. You know exactly what's going on. And sometimes scenes can get complicated and get away from us. And it really takes you back to that simplicity, how easy it can be if you just go simple and write the scene with two people in conflict, you know, and then mm-hmm. one of them has to lose. And it doesn't have to be a battle to the death. I mean, we're talking about a scene conflict, you mm-hmm. know. They don't have to be angry. These people are, really dig each other, mm-hmm. you know, but they're still in conflict. I just, I love it. I think it's such a great example of a, of a simple scene. Mm-hmm. So I, I just cool. think it's great. So awesome. go listen to it. 
<laughs> well, my recommendation this this week is homemade holiday gifts. Yes. Yesterday, I received a big box of homemade cookies from my oh. sister, Chris. Thank you, Chrissy. Hey, Chrissy. <laughs> that totally made my day. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I can't even tell you. You know, it was just so oh, nice yeah. because mm-hmm. I was supposed to make cookies this week and it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. so I was a little bummed out. And I get this whole big box of homemade cookies. Aww. And it just made me feel so, so good nice. that she made them for me, you know. Um, and and this year, I luckily I did, um, every year I make something for people, from, uh-huh. for my family and my right. friends. Mm-hmm. So this year I painted a bunch of statues, Santa statues. Yeah. And I gave them as mm-hmm. gifts to my family and my sisters and. Mm-hmm. And, and everyone. My mom and my sister Sherry already opened theirs and loved them. I mean, you Aww. should have seen their eyes. They were like so happy. Uh-huh. And, you know, because they knew that I made it for them. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's I just know. something. Those are so nice. It is. There's mm-hmm. just something about a homemade gift that means so much because it's your time it and your energy to mm-hmm. make it. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've done, you know, cookie mixes and jars and oh, monkey yeah. mix and mugs. Monkey mix. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun. We need to it do was, that. It was, I know. <laughs> I'm buying all that amaretto from my <laughs> liquor store. I'll take a piece of little bottles, please. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going on a really long airplane trip. <laughs> but I've done little quilted wall hangings oh, and just yeah. all sorts of things. That's Every really year nice. I try to come up with something new. Mm-hmm. So it, it's as fun for me as it is for the people who get it because mm-hmm. I think about them as I'm making right. it, you know? Mm-hmm. So my recommendation is this year or, well, maybe next. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Might be a little late. Might be a little late now. Give a gift you made yourself. Oh, that's really nice. Well, <laughs> what a nice sentiment in mm-hmm. which to wrap up the block. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. A sexy international art thief with a license to steal and a past she can't escape. An ex-cop with a murder to avenge and nothing left to lose. A calculating killer launches a deadly game. From the heat of Havana to the streets of New York City, the race for justice is on. Sight Unseen by Samantha Graves, now available at a store near you. Thanks for coming back with us. I'm Lonnie Diane Rich. And I'm Samantha Graves. And this is We'll Write for Wine. (laughs) (laughs) And if we sound particularly happy, it's because we decided to record the C-Block last. (laughs) Right. For long and complicated reasons. We decided to do the C-Block last because we've been drinking all night. That's right. (laughs) And it's only 8.30. I know. That's the sad part. Yeah. I know, but I'm having a good time. Me too. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> so tonight's show is all about structure. Right. And before we start, we should probably mention that we're neither of us real experts <laughs> in structure. No, we're not. <laughs> Both of us have started out writing as kind of instinctual writers, mm-hmm. meaning you kind of feel your way through the story, just knowing what should go where without analyzing it. Right. And this is a perfectly valid approach that actually a lot of writers take. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, however, I have been dabbling with structure, uh, trying to get a sense for it, and I find it really fascinating. Um, I think it's because at this stage in my creative life, it's kind of the right time for me to take a look at it. But, right. you know, prior to this, I was really resistant to it for a lot of reasons. And so, you know, it, it depends on where you are, if it's something that you're interested in. But I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of kind of neat stuff here to talk about. So There are things that you can definitely learn. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, and we talked about this, my yes. problem with structure is that I forget. It's so, right. it looks so like, complicated and I can't remember it every time unless I actually have it like posted somewhere and say okay this is this and this is this Mm -hmm. and you know and sometimes parts of structure happen Mm -hmm. so fast Mm -hmm. it can be a paragraph right exactly you know or it could be a whole page but Mm -hmm. you know it it doesn't have to take very much and different parts take different amounts of time right you know the people can spend a lot of time kind of floating around Mm -hmm. in a certain area you know and um and i think that that's you know one of the the first questions i kind of had on here was you know why do writers resist structure well i think it's because we're writers i mean there's that whole artistic creative right 
that you're doing you know, something new. Yes. You know, that yes. you're doing and something you're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's that privilege right. almost. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Where, where you get to defy structure. Um, exactly. Mm-hmm. However, there are some things that you can learn about structure. Well, yeah. And I mean, the thing is, I think that for me, I mean, honestly, I didn't start looking at structure until I started working with Jenny Cruzy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's like the structure Who queen. Who is a, a structure wonk. <laughs> I mean, she, the thing with Jenny is that she, you know, she was a teacher. Mm-hmm. She taught literature. She knows mythology. She knows everything. There's nothing mm. this woman has not read, studied Plato. She knows it backward and forward, you know. I mean, and and so she has all this, you know, kind of background in that. And mm-hmm. me, I mean, I just, I'm an instinctual, I have been an instinctual writer, which means that, right. you know, I go in and, I mean, after a certain amount of time, you've heard stories told, you know, you've watched movies, you've read books, and it, it's sort of the general path that we all take with our storytelling because it's just mm-hmm. the way stories are told. Right. Um, but understanding it, you know, kind of gives me it's a new perspective very on it. Different. And um, I still honestly have not wrapped my, my mind around most of it. Um, I, I, I've understood at this point turning points, which I think mm-hmm. have been a huge help to me creatively. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not as frightened by it. I think what I was worried about before is that I didn't know where the magic came from. I just sort of sat down and wrote and it happened, mm-hmm. you know, and I didn't know where it came from. And so I felt like I, um, I didn't want to, you know, look a gift horse in the mouth. Right. <laughs> I think it's probably well, where, and also, where that came I from. I mean, if you overanalyzed it, would you lose the magic? Exactly. Would you lose the magic? If mm-hmm. you understand it, would you, you know, would it start being like a math formula as opposed to right. a creative process? Right. You know, and I think the thing that I've discovered is that structure is basically something for you to hang your creative process on. Right. You know, that it gives you that. And and, and one of the things that I applied it to um, the Freya book, which I wrote for a nano in 28, in 28 days. 28 days, right. And right. the only reason I was able to write that in 28 days is because I'd spent eight months thinking mm-hmm. about structure, thinking about this book, thinking about this story and figuring out where all the pieces needed to be. And then right. I applied that and I was actually able to write the book in 28 days. But the the work that went into it was eight months in coming, you know? Right. So, um, so I mean, something like uh, that experience has kind of changed my entire perspective on structure. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, and I, I think I kind of look at structure and we talked about this a little bit mm-hmm. before. I look at plotting mm-hmm. as structure. Well, I mean, it is. Because I uh-huh. start with the plot. Right. Mm-hmm. However, structure can also be your hero's or your protagonist's journey. Right. So mm-hmm. you always start with the character. Right. Mm-hmm. I always start with the plot. Right. And mm-hmm. and what happens is that um, we, we end up in the same place, but we mm-hmm. start from very different places you know right. mm-hmm. so for mm-hmm. me the nine months that I spend thinking about a book is all about the plotting right mm-hmm. and then I get the characters to kind of fit into that plot whereas yeah. I think sometimes sometimes you think of the mm-hmm. characters mm-hmm. and where you want them to go right and then uh, the plot comes later and then the build the plot around later. that right, right well and the thing is that I think that you I think that if you went back even to your first book mm-hmm and applied and looked at all these elements of structure that we're going to talk about. They would all tonight. be there. They would all be there. They would all be you know, there. Um, for it's me, bizarre. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, for me, it's kind of different, especially uh, one, for one, I write two different kinds of books. Mm-hmm. You know, I write your romantic comedies. The romantic right. comedies, I think, have more structure than, than the women's fiction. Mm-hmm. The women's fiction, I think, because the conflict is essentially internal. Right. Within the woman herself as she goes through this journey. Mm-hmm. That, um that those the structure there isn't quite as clear i think because the structure the the basic i mean what we're talking about with structure is you know act one where you set up base i mean if you're looking at a real basic way of looking Mm -hmm. at it you got your act your three act structure act one you're setting everything up you're Mm -hmm. building up the conflict you're building up the story you're building up where everything's going to go then we get to the turning point Mm -hmm. where your character cannot turn back 
basically has to continue on this path. Right. Then act two is where things escalate and escalate and escalate until you get into a dark moment. You know, the moment right. where everything just seems to be lost and nothing's going to work and, and your character has completely, you know, um, dedicated themselves to this goal, which is completely useless at this point, you know. Then act three is where everything turns around. They figure out a way to win the day. They mm -hmm. go about and they do that in the climax. And then they return back to their ordinary world a changed person right you know it's a death and resurrection theme where mm -hmm. the person that they were at the beginning of the story at the end of the story they're a completely different person they have changed through the process of this of this story which is basically right. i mean it's your basic three act structure people mm -hmm. go on about four acts you know where and it um, gets too confusing I, I just can't i can't wrap my brain around it and, and, and basically yeah becomes... four acts and five acts are when you split the three act structure up into sub Acts, right you know right. but i mean basically if you follow the three act structure you've got it you're you know? good yeah so, mm -hmm. so we're gonna go through the uh the, the three acts um yes but uh lonnie also had a note here <laughs> 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 the writer's journey by christopher, by christopher vogler. vogler um actually this is something christopher vogler wrote this this book and i have it and it's one of the very few i have maybe three books you know, um, writing, I'm not big mm -hmm. into, you know, the how to write kind of books or whatever. Yeah, I'm not either. Um, I have like three. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, um, so I have bird by bird by Anne Lamont. I have mm -hmm. on writing by Stephen King and I have, uh, the writer's journey by Christopher Vogler. Now mm -hmm. the writer's journey was written with screenplays in mind, but I think that if you, novels are, can follow the same kind of structure, the screenplays follow, you know, right. Um, and it's, it's very, very similar. Um, but anyway, so what he built the, the writer's journey on was The Hero's Journey by Joseph Campbell, which was based on, you know, classic mythology throughout the ages, mm -hmm. you know, and the basic stages that the, the stories go through. Um, mm -hmm. you know, since the beginning of time. So, right. I mean, these are all things that storytellers have been using for ages. And I think right. that there's a reason for mm -hmm. that. And so that's why people turn to structure so much. But I think that if you turn to it in a sense that it's going to give you more of a guideline for how to tell your story mm -hmm. as opposed to I must do this in five pages and then this in the next 20 pages and this next, you know. Right. Um, I mean, there's so many different ways to apply this that it really doesn't inhibit your creativity as much as you would think. Right, right. You know, so. Okay. So anyway, so the first act. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go with, uh, we're basically um, writing out four movies, right? We've got right. Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. We're Happy doing Gilmore. Star Wars. Star Wars. Happy and Gilmore. And Romancing the Storm. And Romancing the Storm. <laughs> so we're going to talk about all these phases in these movies, which very clearly follow this kind of path. Right. So Right. Okay. So right. Act 1 is mm -hmm. the ordinary world. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, in Lord of the Rings, we see the hobbits, their world. Right. The Shire. Gandalf, yeah, the mm -hmm. Shire. Basically, mm -hmm. Gandalf Partying you know, and there. having a good time. And, right. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. um, in um, Romancing the Stone, we see Joan finishing her book. Mm -hmm. Alone with her cat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, her ordinary world is kind of this sad, lonely. Mm -hmm. You know, she finishes her book. She's crying. She doesn't have any tissues, you know. Right, I mean, right. And she's, you know, dressed in this flannel shirt. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of, you know, she's alone with her cat. Right. Um, um, for Star Wars, we see Luke mm -hmm. on his home planet. And he's like, you know, he, he wants to get out. And his right. uncle says, no, I, I need you another season. And mm -hmm. so you see his ordinary world, what he's trapped in. Right. And right. for Happy Gilmore, you see that his ordinary world is that he is a failed hockey player, that he wants to be mm -hmm. a hockey player. He's trying to make the hockey team and he can't make it. You know, his his girlfriend leaves him, isn't interested. And um, and basically, you kind of see that he's got a, a sort of pathetic existence. So. <laughs> <laughs> the second uh, part of that is the call to adventure. This is right. when things change. Mm -hmm. So in Lord of the Rings, it is the discovery of the ring. Mm -hmm. Frodo discovers the ring and its right. power. Mm -hmm. Right. And in um, Romancing the Stone with Joan, it's the um, letter that she gets from her, um, her brother-in-law. Right. That and has for the map in it. Mm -hmm. Right. And for Luke, it's when he discovers the message from Princess Leia right. in the droid. 
Right, right. And for Happy Gilmore, it's when his um, grandmother's house is being um, auctioned off because she didn't pay taxes for like 30 years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, the next part is refusal of the call. Mm -hmm. And this is really interesting because um, uh, Luke Mm -hmm. tells Obi-Wan that he can't, you know, go you know, answer right. this call that right. he has to stay. He has responsibilities there. Mm-hmm. And for Joan, um, her refusal of the call is, um, you know, at first she's like, well, this is not something that I can do. You know, she's, mm-hmm. she's at the bar with her agent or her editor and her editor is trying to get her to, you know, see these men. And she's like, no, 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 no. She's very resistant mm-hmm. to anything that changes her life the way that it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, for Frodo, it's when he says that he can't, you know, he does not want to uh, hold on to the ring. Right. But Gandalf says that he can't hold it either. So mm-hmm. Frodo is the only person uh, who can do it. Right. So Frodo has to. Mm-hmm. Um, and for Happy Gilmore, it's this um, phase where he, you know, he actually is uh, his, the people are coming to take his grandmother's furniture away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they, um, and they're playing golf on the front. And he basically comes out and says, you know, if you let us keep the couch, I'll hit the, you know, golf ball or whatever. And he hits the golf mm-hmm. ball and it goes way out. And everybody's like, oh, my God, you're an amazing golfer. And he's like, whatever, I'm a hockey player. I'm not a golfer. Mm-hmm. So that's his kind of refusal of the. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Now, the next part of this is the meeting with the mentor. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, um, uh, this happens between Obi-Wan and Luke, where Obi-Wan right. shows him, you know, the lightsaber that was Mm -hmm. his father's and he's destined for this and Luke Mm -hmm. still won't do it Mm -hmm. Uh, you know I mean he still under he he still knows that he has a responsibility to his uncle right regardless Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and for Joan in Romancing the Stone this is when she's with her um, her editor and her editor is basically Mm. saying you know you you can't do this you can't go to Columbia this is not the kind of life that you live and and she's sort of being a um She's not really encouraging her in the direction, mm-hmm. but sort of by giving her opposition, you know, Joan is basically digging her feet in the sand saying that she's going to go save her sister. Right. So. Mm-hmm. And um, with Frodo, it is talking with Gandalf, mm-hmm. who is telling him that, you know, they basically uh, when he's at the, um, what do you call it? <laughs> the Shire? No, when when he's at the... Uh, uh, Prince the Elvish thing, the Elvish thing, but the uh, Elvish thing. Yeah, basically when Frodo was talking to Gandalf. Yeah, <laughs> Frodo and Gandalf. All right, it's Frodo and Gandalf. <laughs> Gandalf is the mentor. Um, and and uh, in um, Happy Gilmore, it was when yeah. he met his. Oh God, what was his name? Chubbs. <laughs> Chubbs. Mm-hmm. I think. Oh God, help me if I can't remember the name of the guy. <laughs> the guy. It was. Um, God, I think it was Billy D. Williams, wasn't it? <laughs> like the role. <laughs> So he's, in, he's both in uh, in Star Wars and um, mm-hmm. and uh, oh no 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 it wasn't it was Apollo Creed the guy who played Apollo mm. Creed oh god I can't oh. remember his name and and anyway in Happy Gilmore there's Chubbs mm-hmm. who's the guy who's the golf pro who um, who decides to show um, Happy Gilmore that he can play golf and he can be you know super successful mm-hmm. so that's right. the mentor right. there mm-hmm. um, the last part is crossing the first threshold and this is the acceptance of the challenge Mm -hmm. so in romancing the stone it's when joan decides to go to columbia right despite the fact that she is totally uh, unprepared unprepared right right (laughs) exactly right and in happy gilmore it's when he um he decides to go ahead and join the tournament so that he can win the money to um get his grandmother's house back Mm-hmm. So. And with Luke in Star Wars, it is when his uncle's, uh, you know, ranch or whatever is like mm-hmm. burned to the ground. And he mm-hmm. says, yes, I will go. I will go with you and I will I, I will fight the Empire. Right. And for Frodo, it's when he and Sam take off to mm-hmm. go to um, the Prancing Pony. Right. right. So right. it's when he and that's where he picks up uh, Mary and Pip. So, right. Yeah. Right. Okay. okay. So Which then, brings us yeah, yeah, to Act 2. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so um, the first part of Act 2 are tests, allies, and enemies. Mm-hmm. So for Joan, this is where she gets shot at by Zolo. Captain Zolo. Yeah. <laughs> Evil, horrible. And where she meets Jack Colton, 
who right. will guide her through her adventure. Mm-hmm. Right. Luke um, hooks up with Han Solo, mm-hmm. and they go on this adventure, and he, uh, they all end up getting sucked in uh, by the Death Star. Right, right. Um, for Happy Gilmore, he um, meets his PR lady, who I can't even remember what her name is. She, she's basically just the, <laughs> you know, the hot chick that he falls in love with, you know, for mm-hmm. the for the story, and who also defends him. She's um, she's the PR person for the um, for the golf tournament, and uh, also he meets his nemesis, who is Shooter McGavin, the guy who's total jerk, who always wins all the golf tournaments, always. So right. Mm-hmm. Now Frodo goes to the Prancing Pony and mm-hmm. meets up with the um, with Aragorn. Half- oh, yeah. so hot! And, I need yeah. to watch that movie. And, and, and the half dead guys. <laughs> and the half dead guys. <laughs> the Nazgul. The Nazgul. Mm-hmm. But also he has the gathering of the Fellowship. Mm-hmm. So he has his allies. Right, right. So that's where people kind of uh, you know get their crew together and sort of mm-hmm. start going into the unknown their world. Posses. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the next one is the approach to the inmost cave. Right. This is like it the was, next phase. Mm-hmm. Right. For Luke, this is when he is in the Death Star and mm-hmm. he and they are working their way out. They're escaping the Death Star. Right. I mean, right. the Death Star is his is the enemy's lair. Right. Exactly. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, for Joan um, in Romancing the Stone, this is when she's in the pot plane <laughs> with the... Uh, <laughs> With Jack Colton, where basically she's completely out of her element. There's, you know, poisonous Uh snakes, and she's dealing with Jack Colton, and she's trying to kind of figure everything out, and she's also sort of getting stoned because they're (laughs) burning pot for for warmth. (laughs) Right. For Frodo, this is when he's in the dwarves' cave, Mm -hmm. when they're in the mountain, and they have to, and, and, and Gandalf, you know, Mm-hmm. has to fight the monster and you know dies basically mm-hmm. as far mm-hmm. as Frodo's concerned right um so that that is the inner most cave for him mm-hmm. and for happy gilmore this is when he starts touring on the pro golf circuit and mm-hmm. uh and does not do very well but <laughs> manages to make a splash and uh, and get a little bit of money he gets a few big checks mm-hmm. <laughs> Now, the next one in this act is the supreme ordeal. This mm-hmm. is the turning point or the point of no return. Right. Mm-hmm. So for Luke, this is after Obi-Wan dies and he becomes a rebel. He becomes a Jedi. Right. And for Joan in Romancing the Stone, it's when she has sex with Jack uh, Colton and decides to go after the stone on her own rather than just give the map to the guys who have her sister. Right. The safe mm-hmm. route. Right. Mm-hmm. For Frodo, this is when he and Sam go out on their own. They leave the fellowship behind. Mm-hmm. And uh, for Happy Gilmore, it's when Shooter McGavin buys his grandmother's house and he, mm-hmm. um, he needs to get it back from him. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, the final part of Act Two is mm-hmm. the reward. Right. Um, for this, Luke becomes what he wanted to be, which was a pilot. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for Joan in Romancing the Stone, they um, uncover the stone. And so she actually has possession of it rather than just the map. Right. For Frodo, they get inside Sauron's inner circle. Mm-hmm. And um, and then they find Gollum to lead them. Right. And for Happy Gilmore, this is when he gets the deal with Subway that makes it possible for him to, uh, <laughs> to continue <laughs> to make. See, Happy Gilmore. And again... Like, here you've got all this really heavy structure. I know. I mean, Happy Gilmore is the silliest movie in the history of man. (laughs) But the thing is... But it's got everything there. They use the classic structure Mm -hmm. to hang the jokes on. And and it's a very fun movie. But, I mean, it very blatantly follows this very classic line. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, it's fun to put Happy Gilmore in here and actually find all these things. It's like, yes! Plato would be so proud, you know. <laughs> Which brings us to Act Three, right. the final mm-hmm. act. The first uh, part of it is the road back. This mm-hmm. is where they have died and become a new person. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, Luke defeats the Empire, blows up the Death Star. Right. Joan from Romancing the Stone saves her sister. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Frodo drops the ring in Mount Doom and kills Sauron. Right. And Happy Gilmore wins the tournament. So this right. is basically, the road back is essentially the climax, where everything mm-hmm. comes to a head, where everything that they've been fighting for, they've had their dark moment, which was the supreme ordeal in act right. two and so now in act three they're having it's the climax it's when everything comes to a head and they achieve what it is that they've been they've come after so right the next part is resurrection which mm-hmm. is how they are different from the beginning right. of the book how mm-hmm. they have changed mm-hmm. um for luke in star wars he actually accepts his role as the last jedi mm-hmm and for Joan, she at the beginning was extremely timid and um, and not confident. Now she's totally self-assured, self-sufficient, and a confident person. She can mm-hmm. she can exist on her own. She doesn't need Jack. Jack's not there, but she's still going on. She you know she continues and um, and succeeds as herself. You know. Right. Mm-hmm. For Frodo, he finishes Bilbo's book, mm-hmm. which is really interesting because it was such a big thing for him. Right. But he finishes it because he lived the adventure and he mm-hmm. felt at that point that he was, um, you know, he, he was mm-hmm. allowed to do that. Right. And uh, Happy Gilmore accepts himself as a golfer, whereas through the whole story up until that point, he was always like, no, I play hockey. I'm a hockey player. I'm not a golfer. I'm a hockey player. (laughs) And he accepts himself as a golfer. So when he returns back, that's how he's a different person from who he was when he started. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The final final stage is return with Mm -hmm. Elixir. Now, Mm -hmm. this is the knowledge, the understanding, the return turn to their normal lives but Mm -hmm. they're not the same right Mm -hmm. so for luke he brings new hope Mm mm-hmm to uh to uh, to the rebels to the rebels right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um joan writes the book of her heart she Mm -hmm. writes this amazing book that her editor just loves more than anything and she's completely a confident person Mm -hmm. frodo frees the shire right and Mm -hmm. happy gilmore gets his grandmother's house back So, I mean, that is very basic structure, how it is applied to four extremely different stories mm-hmm. and um, and how well it can work. You know, it, it feels like a lot of times I think there's a resistance structure because it feels like you're just taking somebody else's work mm. and rewriting it and reworking it. But the reality right. is that if you, if you take a broad enough brush to structure and you look mm-hmm. at all these you know what the purpose of well, all these stages are right you can Which find is what a way to all these four movies did mm-hmm. they right, all exactly. took hugely different exactly. you know, angles on each one of these areas, i know so. i mean you look at the difference between like lord of the rings and happy mm-hmm. gilmore <laughs> i mean i just walked you through structure with happy Gilmore. Gilmore. I mean, yeah. there's a, you know, I was teaching a um a class. Uh, it's a, it was a beginning television class a couple of years ago, and it was one of the things that I was I was talking about. It was when I I had these guys who had this story, and they were telling this ridiculous superhero story. <laughs> Um, you know about these guys and their their the superheroes were to prevent drinking on campus or something like that. I mean I can't remember what it was. I mean it was just mm-hmm. unbelievably silly. But I had talked about structure in class and I was like you know it's just something that you hang your jokes on. And these guys went in and they had this ridiculous story. They were like you know running around <laughs> campus keeping people from underage drinking or something like that. I mean it was just <laughs> totally ridiculous. But because they used the structure for a ridiculous story, they used yeah. the structure and they hung their jokes and the jokes were what was fun mm-hmm. that was what made this different from everything else so yes they had the structure that was familiar but it gave them something to hang their jokes on you mm-hmm. know it gave and and when you think of it that way that it gives you something to put what is uniquely you mm-hmm. you know to put on um i think that when you think of it that way you can accept structure as not being some kind of cop-out that you know you're no longer a creative person you're just doing the same you're just churning out the same stuff that everybody else has mm-hmm. done because i mean if you look at the differences between happy gilmore right and romancing the stone and lord of the rings and star wars yeah. i mean you know mm-hmm. you're looking at vastly different kinds of stories yet they all have these elements of the same structure in there right so well you know and it comes down to write the books that only you can write exactly 
Mm-hmm. Which so is the thing you'll hear people say yeah. a thousand times. But right. I, mean, I actually have it, it printed mm-hmm. above my computer. Mm-hmm. Write know. the book that only you can write. And using right. structure does not take that out of the equation. No. You know, no, it doesn't. Um, does not it make just... you less creative, mm-hmm. you know. It makes your story stronger. Mm-hmm. Right. So exactly. Exactly. So, so I, think right. that's, I think that's good. I think we've kind of addressed mm-hmm. most of the structure issues. <laughs> Right? <laughs> Is there anything I else we so. want to add on? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that wraps up another C block. Right. Must have more wine. <laughs> we will be right back. <laughs> Flynn Daly needs a drink. Under pressure from her father, she's agreed to move out of her South Boston neighborhood and run the inn left to her by her dead aunt. The problem? It's in the middle of upstate New York where there's nature and bugs and no public transportation a cute bartender keeps giving her attitude and she's getting visits from her aunt esther even though she's dead jake tucker needs a break he's sure that esther goodhouse was murdered but he can't find any proof if cozying up to esther's knees gets him the information he needs so be it but once he gets close to flynn he decides that some investigations are more fun with a partner Crazy in Love by Lonnie Diane Rich. In stores now. Thanks for coming back. I'm Samantha Graves. And I'm Lonnie Diane Rich. And this is Will Wright for Wine. Yay! Phew! <laughs> Got <laughs> Having a little that trouble opening. with those intros, you know. <laughs> So, you want to win some great prizes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Head on down to willwriteforwine.com and give us some feedback. We're looking for questions, wine suggestions, or just general commentary on the show. Right. Each month, all eligible entries will go into a wine bucket. Yay, I made it through the sentence. <laughs> At the end of the month, we'll pull a name out of the bucket to win a fabulous prize. Speaking of which... <laughs> We have a winner for our first official Will Ride for Wine holiday survival kit. It is Pimp Your Mixer Pam. Yay! Woo-hoo! <laughs> Pam, email us and send us your address, and I'll get that right out to you because I'm sure you probably already need it. <laughs> for December, we are giving away a signed copy of Sight Unseen by Samantha Graves and an official Will Ride for Wine refrigerator magnet. Yes, all you have to do to enter is send us email at feedback at willwriteforwine.com or comment on the website or participate in the forums. Three, three, three ways to win! (laughs) We will (laughs) announce the December winner on our first January show. Oh, God, can you believe it's another whole year? I can't. I know, so send in your comments and suggestions now. All right, and up next we have the weekly (laughs) weigh-in! just amuses me every time we do it i know (laughs) so lonnie how'd you do this week i didn't read a damn thing (laughs) remember those 280 pages i wrote last week well screw it now i'm sitting around i'm knitting i'm getting things fixed (laughs) getting the garage door fixed so we can actually get out of the house now Mm -hmm. and uh, you know so i'm just sitting and thinking i've I've got three books that are still kind of in the ether there that i still have to think about so i'm sort of hopping back and forth mentally between them all while i you know wash dishes and do stuff like that but i didn't write a damn word i don't think i wrote anything this week i'm pretty sure you I, I, I know. Good for me, right? Good for you. Good That's for you. Right. How yeah. about you? Um, I I did nothing. I <laughs> fell down the stairs. Aww. <laughs> Poor I baby. made myself crazy trying to remember how to crochet after like 20 years. Oh, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is not working. <laughs> I cannot wait to see what you're crocheting, too. It's going to be very fun. Well, I've started and stopped a bunch of stuff. There was supposed to be this one round thing. It ended up being I'm, a hat for the cat. It ended up being a hat for the cat. You know what? I mean, the thing is that you, you just have to look at it. And it's like cooking, too. Because you know how mm-hmm. I'm always like, oh, I'm such a terrible cook. I can't cook, blah, 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 blah. Well, the reason why I'm such a terrible cook is because I, I won't give myself the chance to fail. I make one bad dish, and I'm like, oh, I suck. Blah, you know, and I move on. <laughs> and the thing is, with with this and everything else, you have to be willing to screw it up first, or you're never going to get good at it. Oh, I'm I'm totally screwing so, it up. So, yeah, totally oh no, absolutely. I mean, I've, this, this whole first thing that I started making when I started just, knitting. Yeah. 
horrible things that have no purpose in the real yeah. world. And I've actually got coasters that I've been working on wine coasters for the past week. That's like my big new project <laughs> is getting coasters for, um, for wine. And I'm having a lot of fun with them, but they are the most misshapen, like <laughs> weird angled stuff you've ever seen. I mean, I really but should you take have a picture. To, but, but you have to say that, okay, this is the way they're supposed to be. <laughs> right. You know. Fake it. Absolutely. Yeah. Going to fake my way through that. But yeah, no, I think that's awesome that you're, uh, yeah. that you're crocheting again. And we were going to do our live in the same room um, right. episode tonight, but then um, since it's a long drive and, you know, you got a bruised butt bone, we decided <laughs> to put it off until next week. So we're going to be in the Which same I place really next appreciate. week. I really appreciate. Yes. <laughs> I know. I kept saying, she's in the hospital. And I'm like, honey, do you really want to drive all the way? It's like an hour and a half in yeah. the bad weather. With uh-huh. your, no, I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine. fine. And then fine. like three days later, she's like, you know what? Do you mind <laughs> if we do it next week? I don't bounce as well as I used to. Oh, honey. <laughs> Nobody bounces well downstairs. That's terrible. That's Oh, it could God. have been a lot worse, though. I'm thankful yeah. for oh, that. Oh, it could have been. It could have been. Yeah. You could have hit your head. I mean, terrible things could happen. Oh, yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm very grateful that you just mm-hmm. bruised your butt. Oh, no. Yeah. I am sorry because I know how <laughs> uncomfortable that's got to be. When you're a writer. <laughs> right. No kidding. Our whole lives are spent in our butt bone. <laughs> I know. We make a living on this butt bone. <laughs> All right, well, moving oh, on away from yeah. the butt bone, because I'm uh-huh. sure the whiffers are real happy to hear us oh, talking yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's time for this week's Random Etc., where we do whatever we feel like, because it's our show. Uh-huh. <laughs> this week, we are doing our favorite killer word. Yeah. Yeah. Are you That's ready? what you got. I'm, okay. I'm totally ready. Okay. Your word is halcyon. <gasps> I know this one. Get out. I totally do. Okay. H. A L C Y O N. Right. Halcyon. Uh-huh. And it's like the, well, okay. Now, Halcyon was like a Greek myth- mythological character of some sort, but I don't remember mm. what. But, mm. I, yeah, but it's, mm-hmm. but one of the things I know, the, I know the saying is like the Halcyon days of yore, like the big, you know, the grand days mm-hmm. of the past or something like that. But I'm not sure exactly what it mm. means, but I know the word. Okay. <laughs> Is that the right spelling? Yes, it is. Okay, okay so yes, yes it so is. And actually, you, I think this is the first time. There's like four definitions for this. All right, uh-huh. So you got one of them. Yes. So I will absolutely give it to you. Yay! Um, <laughs> the first time ever. Oh, my it gosh. It is a yeah. kingfisher. Okay. Uh-huh. It is a mythical bird identified with the kingfisher that was fabled to nest at sea about the time of the winter solstice. Oh, that's like the blah, mythology. Blah, 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 yes. Blah. Yeah, that's all the mythology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's also an that. adjective. <laughs> uh-huh. It means calm, quiet, peaceful, undisturbed, happy. Yes. Uh-huh. And then the second one is marked by peace and prosperity as halcyon years. Yes, 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 yes. Cool. See, I knew it was something like that. Good job. <laughs> That's the first you know, time ever. You know, the only reason I know that, and I, mm-hmm. I'll tell you, it's so funny. I um, When I was a kid, I read a book, and it was a, a YA book called um, Cute is a Four-Letter Word. Mm-hmm. And she had a cousin named Halcyon. Oh, And when I was reading that, you know how when you're, you're a kid, a certain thing just hits your head, and it's in your head forever. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning, but I remember <laughs> that character's name. You know, you know, when I was maybe Mm -hmm. the whole reason you remembered it was because Uh further on in your life, I was going to give it to you as a word as a killer word. Exactly. You never know with these things. I can't believe I got a killer word. (laughs) I can't believe it. I feel very excited. I feel like there should be music playing, but you know, whatever. (laughs) I was unprepared. (laughs) I had no idea I would actually get one. All right. So anyway, you ready for mine? Uh huh. Okay. Mine is confabulate. Con. Hmm. Confabulate. Okay. C O N F A B U L A T E. You got it! <laughs> Woohoo! We're having a really good night for Killer Word. <laughs> it means to make up something. You know what? That's what? really close. Is it? <laughs> well, not really. It's. <laughs> You tried to be funny this time. Kind yeah. of. To yeah. talk informally, to chat. Every week ah, on this show, we, we confabulate. Mm-hmm. How cool mm-hmm. is Isn't that? Isn't that cool? I like it. <laughs> <laughs> it was the word of the day at Merriam-Webster, and I was like, oh, I'm going to do that one. 
<laughs> it's like right on the front page. I'm like, ah, that's good. Works for me. Good enough. <laughs> well, excellent, excellent killer words tonight. Mm-hmm. Very, very fun. All right. Very well, cool. we're going to take a break and refill our wine. Oh, yeah. Because it needs refilling, and we'll be right back. <laughs> to confabulate. <laughs> to confabulate. <laughs> Well, the show's almost over, and I'm sure you're really sad about that. But now you don't have to wait another week to hear from Sam and Lonnie because we've got websites open 24-7 and ready when you are, morning, noon, or night. For Lonnie, be sure to stop by the newly redesigned LonnieDianeRich.com where Lonnie's latest books and news will be regularly updated. Right, Lonnie? Also, don't forget to drop by dogsandgoddesses.com, where Lonnie is collaborating live on the web with New York Times bestsellers Jennifer Cruzy and Ann Stewart. It's like a reality show with writers, which is really much more interesting than it sounds. So check it out. For more information on Sam, click your way on over to samanthagraves.com for her latest news and giveaways. I think she's better about updating. Yeah, that's right. There are also links to her blog, her MySpace page, and the website for her alter ego, C.J. Barry author of award-winning futuristic romances and don't forget to stop by at willwriteforwine.com for links to our joint myspace page our cafe press store and all the cool things we talk about during the show by the time you're done with all that we'll be back in a new podcast next week everybody plays and everybody wins Time for last call here at Will Ride for Wine. Thanks for hanging out with us. Keep sending in those wine suggestions to us at feedback at willwriteforwine.com. <laughs> Apparently I've had too much. <laughs> or in the comments on the website or in the forums. Mm-hmm. Three, three, three ways to win. Send good wine suggestions to Sam. Me. Send cheap wine suggestions to me. Lonnie. <laughs> and also don't miss our cool cafe press store where you can get all sorts of fun Will Write for Wine merchandise. The link can be found in the brand new little column on the right hand right. side of the website. Mm-hmm. So you have to all go out and check it out. It's all very handy and convenient and mm-hmm. colorful. So mm-hmm. All right. Uh, and if you're buying wine anyway, don't forget to try the link on our website to mywinesdirect.com, which will send the UPS man to your door with wine or to a friend's door with a wonderful and thoughtful holiday gift. Mm-hmm. Really, it doesn't get any better than that. Mm-mm. Trust me. I've had the UPS guy <laughs> deliver wine. You have no idea what that's going to do for your friend's day. I'm telling you, you have no idea. And if you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to vote for us at Podcast Alley or review us at iTunes. Yes, and Podcast Mm -hmm. Alley, we're still like in the mid-20s. We are. You guys, okay, first of all, let me just take a moment out to say, oh my God. (laughs) Uh, It was like December 1st at midnight. Boom! Everybody's on Podcast Alley. You guys are the most awesome group of people ever. Ooh, awesome. Drink. Okay, anyway. (laughs) Every time I say awesome, you got to drink. People are going to be drunk all over the place. Um, but, I mean, you guys, everybody's out there. Like, there were, like, eight votes. And I had oh, voted, yeah. of course, because, you know, it's our show. So I always right. vote obsessively. But yeah. then I found out later that I had to validate my vote, and my vote didn't count. So, I mean, I wasn't even one of the original oh, eight. no kidding. <laughs> no kidding. You guys are awesome. Drink. Um, drink. I mean, seriously. Fabulous, 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 you guys. I cannot even believe how many of you got out there in, like, the first day to vote for us to beat the the podcast alley algorithm. (laughs) And we were up there. We were up in, like, number eight for, like, hours. 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 (laughs) Almost half a day. (laughs) That's awesome. And we're still in the 20s. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, and I'm we're very, staying there. I know. Very, very impressed. We are so excited. You have no, you have no idea how little it, just it takes our whole lives. <laughs> you have no idea that you would take the time out of your day to go and vote for us like that is just That's so, so cool. touching and sweet. And we love you, people. Mm-hmm. We really do. Our whippers. <laughs> and next week's show will be on craft. We don't need no stinking antagonists. <laughs> That's going to be a fun one to argue. <laughs> I've had that argument before. It almost never ends well. I know. I don't know. Have we ever argued that one? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. I don't no, think we have. I don't, I don't think, think so. we discussed antagonists that much. But honestly, mm-hmm. it's an argument that I have with uh, with Jenny Cruzy a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I have the argument with her a lot. And yeah. the thing with Jenny is that she and I argue and we argue and we argue and we argue. And almost always she's right. Because she just <laughs> because all I have behind me is like, well, you know, this is kind of what I think based on what I've written. And she's like, I have studied everything from you know Plato. <laughs> 
she has sources she can quote in any argument. I mean, she's read every book on everything, and she's just see. Un- there's somebody oh. you don't want to argue with. You know, I do anyway, though. I argue with her all the time. Anyway, I don't know why. I just like being beat down, I guess. But mm-hmm. um, but usually she's right. I've had this argument with her a couple of times, and actually, the more I argue it, the more I find myself coming around to her side. <laughs> But it'll be fun to argue it with you next week because I don't yeah. know how you feel about it. So that'll be fun. Okay. <laughs> we'll find out. I really we'll haven't be in the thought same about room it. too. It'll be fun. Oh, that's Arguing right. in the same room. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> All right. So until next time, this is Sam. And this is Lonnie saying if you can't write for money, then write for one. <laughs> that's Woo! what I'm talking about. All right. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Will Ride for Wine is brought to you each week by Lonnie Diane Rich and Samantha Graves. Be sure to hit the website at willwriteforwine.com where you can find great links to everything in the show, news about what the girls are up to, and links to great cafe press merchandise like t-shirts, hats, and mugs. I like the apron myself. Also, don't forget to friend them on MySpace at myspace.com slash willwriteforwine. Music provided by the good folks at the Podsafe Music Network, music.com podshow.com and if you enjoyed the podcast please tell your friends and go vote for Lonnie and Sam at Podcast Alley or write a glowing review at iTunes remember there's good karma out there vote for them at Podcast Alley come back next time as Johnny Depp's soulmate or perhaps Colin first mmm ring any bells or you know the, the soulmate whoever does it for you you get the point anyway thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time right here on Will Write for Wine down on my caffeine consumption so when i get up i just have one cup of coffee and i like to have another cup of coffee with my breakfast and on the way to work